Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 through 7 will be our meditation for these moments. And these words are from the Apostle Paul and are some of the most familiar, well-known, simplest, and maybe most direct exhortations about prayer in all of Scripture. They are also words which address one of the most common temptations that we face. And uh, no doubt, you have already faced the temptation this morning to be anxious or to be worried, or perhaps to be fearful. Um, I'm sure that each one of us probably have faced that temptation already this morning, if not multiple times in our day already. Um, I think we often uh, think of worry as somewhat of a um, respectable sin or a sin that we can somehow manage easily. But it's fascinating to me that it is a repeated Uh, issue in the Bible, and that Jesus forbids it, for example, several times in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, The exact same Greek word translated be careful is found in Matthew 6.25. It says, take no thought. It's the same Greek word. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Take no thought Therefore, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is is the evil thereof. Somebody has said that worry is imagining the future without God. It is forgetting that God is near. And fear is its cousin, and it's simply worry on steroids, so to speak. But God has not given to us as his children the spirit of fear. Now, of course, not all fear or um, worry is necessarily sinful. There is a proper concern, an appropriate um, fear uh, that keeps us from uh, doing things we shouldn't. But just as there is righteous anger uh, and unrighteous anger, so I think there is appropriate concern and sinful worry or sinful anxiety. Um, And just as usually most of the time our anger is sinful, um, so often most of the time our anxiety, worry, or fear uh, crosses that line and causes us to stop loving God and really stop loving others as we should. Uh, There are many heartfelt concerns and anxiety-producing events and thoughts right now in the, Christ, in the life of so many Christians. Um, on one hand, the church or the gospel seems to be declining in many parts of the world. Every sector of the world now is really aligned together against the gospel and the cause of Christ. Um, whether it's media or academia or politics or technology or sports or entertainment. Uh, The elite in all of those sectors are fully opposed to Christianity. We know that pastors have been deplatformed by social media 
and um, influential pastors and well-known Christians have <clears throat> come out with their deconversion experiences. And scandals certainly rock the church inside and the world mocks us as those are publicized. And that's just about the church, but that's not to mention our personal anxieties related to sickness or death or struggling with relationships or financial burdens that we face. And so this passage is really helpful as we gather for prayer today to teach us how to attack anxiety through prayer, attacking anxiety through prayer. I think that um, there aren't any magical formulas or mental tricks or physiological things that we, we, that, that always work uh, to counteract our anxiety. I think the best thing to do to experience God's peace and to defeat anxiety is to pursue a deeper, uh, more honest, um, more personal relationship with God, to grow in our relationship with God is how we attack anxiety best. But let me just give you three or four simple strategies that fall under that heading of growing your relationship with God today through prayer. Number one, I would suggest that we would recalibrate our view of God, readjust our view of God. Just think about what worries your soul. And most of the time when we are worrying, we are not thinking properly about God. Um, I would encourage you to think through some of these questions like, do you really believe, not just intellectually or through a systematic theology, but do we really believe practically on the ground, so to speak, everyday life, do we really believe God is trustworthy? Do we really believe that God is good? Uh, Do we really believe that God is, um, is wise and has a plan for our lives that is good? I know when I worry, I really... I think, question the sovereignty of God. Do we believe that God is sovereign? And as Philippians 4 verse 5 says, do we believe that God is near? Or verse 9 of Philippians 4, do we believe that the God of peace is with us? I heard recently someone describe worry as an insult against God. Uh, that kind of woke me up, so to speak, that, that really worry is an insult against God. And, and so my worry is wicked um, when you look at it from that perspective. Because when we are engaged in sinful anxiety, worry, or fear, uh, we are really saying, God, we can't trust you. God, you're a, you're a liar. God, you don't keep your promises. God, you're not good. Um, obviously Psalm 46, I think is a great antidote to worry where it says to be still and know that God is God. And maybe in this, um, maybe in this hour, we just need to be still and know that God is God. Or as uh, someone else has said, maybe we need to be still and know that we are not God. Um, because we often think that somehow through our worry, we have a better plan for our lives than God does. But we know that not we know that's not so. So 
during this hour, we can recalibrate our view of God through prayer. We can also, number two, remember our identity in Christ. Remember our identity in Christ. Notice how much Paul talks about our relationship with Christ in this text that is so familiar to us. For example, look at verse one. It says, stand fast in the Lord. Verse two, be of the same mind in the Lord. Verse three, your names are in the book of life. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, Verse um, verse nine or so, um, verse seven, God keeps our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And so, um, What will drive away worry, anxiety, and sinful fear is when we remember we are chosen by the Father. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Son. He has sanctified us and justified us. We are indwelt by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. We're sealed by the Spirit, filled by the Spirit. We're adopted as children of our Heavenly Father. We are fellow heirs with Christ. Um, We are a royal priesthood. The church is a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar possession of God. And remembering our identity in Christ as we pray uh, attacks anxiety and worry and fear. I think we also need to simply listen when God speaks. So we attack anxiety by recalibrating our view of God, remembering our identity in Christ, and listening to God when he speaks. Um, there is a purposeful, intentional reason why each one of these prayer meetings begins with a word from the Lord. The word of God is central because we listen to God and then we speak to God. And certainly we know that um, God has spoken clearly about this issue of anxiety in our lives. That's why he's given us his word over 300 times. um, It says to fear not to not be afraid, to not worry. Um, One of the greatest places to go uh, to fight anxiety is the Psalms. Um, uh, There are Psalms for the anxious heart. And one such one would be, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Finally, And this is the point of this text, obviously, is to speak to God. Speak to God in prayer. And we can do so because he is near. He's listening. So in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we make our requests known to God. And notice he's guarding our peace when we do that. Uh, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. I just have time to mention Psalm 62 and verse 8. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So as we gather today, as well as each day, um, we are pouring out our hearts. We are opening up our minds to the Lord. He knows these things already, but we, we, we pour them out before him as our heavenly father. 
and the Lord is with us. Isn't that great? I I love uh, reading the story of David. So often it says, and the Lord was with David. You might think today, but but I've sinned really big. I failed God. I've blown it in my life. And so did David, but the Lord was with David, right? You say, but I'm lonely. I'm discouraged. I'm weary of the battle. I'm sure David could say that at times, but the Lord was with David and the Lord is with us. So very practically, how do we practice what we have just heard from the Lord today in Psalms uh, in Philippians 4? First of all, I think we should spend a lot of time today, as we do most days, adoring him. And help your brothers and sisters and yourself recalibrate their view of God today to readjust it to what scripture says. Number two, let's confess our fears and anxieties and worries. Everyone struggles with it. Let's pour out our hearts to God. Thirdly, let's thank the Lord a lot. Let's thank him specifically um, and often in our prayers. And then let's ask him to do uh, those things that only he can do. Those things that are burdening us for the church, that are threatening our joy in him, and pour our hearts to him for those that are still in need of trusting Jesus. So... Here's how we attack anxiety through prayer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. Amen.